Five years ago this past summer, I was attending a conference and a training in Washington, D.C. And at the time, I had a newborn. He was about nine months old, so I was pumping while I was across the country. And I had been talking to the other person sitting next to me at my table. They wanted us to group together. And even though we were not even from the same state, we gained a friendship. She was a principal in New York and we had shared several things with each other. And while we were there, she shared with me this book called Lean In, which is co-written by business executive Sheryl Sandberg and also a media writer, Nell Scoville. And while there are some things that I didn't love about the book, there are some things that really resonated with me. And one of those things that has become evident and more true as I have been more of a an education mother is that it is easier to be a mother in education when you are not in the classroom and seeking out some of these other leadership or other roles and responsibilities can be one of the ways to help you save your sanity as a secondary teacher. In today's episode, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about my journey and those different career paths that I have been on since being an educator for 16 years, and just to broaden your mind as to what are some of the possibilities that could be out there if you are feeling like you may not want to be full-time in the classroom for the rest of your career. Welcome to the Secondary Teacher Podcast, the podcast for middle and high school teachers juggling multiple preps to get the strategies to reduce overwhelm so that you don't have to choose between being an effective teacher and prioritizing important relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Masick, a 10-year high school engineering teacher, former middle school assistant principal, and teacher coach. Every week, we will discuss strategies, systems, and time-saving tips to help you not only survive, but thrive as a multiple prep teacher. This journey of mine began in my fourth or fifth year of teaching. And that is where I began to mentor student teachers. Now, if you haven't had that opportunity already, because you are still a newish teacher yourself, there are some ways that you can become a mentor teacher if that is something that you have the desire to do. Another thing that really helped, I think, springboard my student mentor, student teacher mentoring was that I was in closer proximity to the university that I graduated from, and therefore the professors knew of me already. Now, if that's not the case, we know that we don't all go to school and then live in the community where we went to school. You will need to do a little bit of work to introduce yourself, allow people to come to your classroom. That's the biggest thing. They want to know that you are going to be a capable teacher who will be able to mentor their new teachers or student teachers. Now I will say this, when I first started mentor teaching student teachers, I had no idea what I was doing. And quite frankly, 
I figured out what I was doing after I was done mentoring my student teachers. There wasn't a lot of information given. I wasn't doing an adequate job of really mentoring them. It was more of, here's my classroom, you can do what you want. But I feel like I could have done more with the mentoring piece, which leads me into the next role or path that I took as a mentor. And it was a new teacher mentor. And this is really where I learned kind of my downfalls as a student teacher mentor that I think I would have been a much better student teacher mentor had I had some of the mentor, the new teacher mentor training that I had after that. As a new teacher mentor, I helped the CTE teachers first in my district and then also in my school just learn the ropes of being a teacher. And it is really taking things super small and bite size and then orienting them to how the school works, how the district works, how money works. Also, just basic things as far as engagement in the classroom. I would do new teacher coaching cycles. I would go and do observations on my prep period or on another period that had been bought out by the school, which that's kind of where some of my flexibility came in because there are some schools and some districts kind of feel around, see what's going on, where sometimes half of someone's schedule or even their full position is taken by being a new teacher mentor or an instructional coach, which I will get to in a moment. This is where start thinking about how this might look for you and possibly allow for some flexibility and then also removing some things off your plate because if you are losing one of those preps to teaching and instead doing coaching and mentoring, there is less to prep, less to grade for your students. When it came to being a new teacher mentor, I also was able to take people around to different schools and have them experience what it was like in different classrooms, have them look for things that maybe they were working on personally, and it was a great experience. I'm going to give a plug or a shout out to all of my CTE teacher friends who are current teachers and just throw it out there saying, hey, we need more CTE coaches in the world, in our country, in your state. We need more. CTE is its own special beast where we also, besides the content area and some of the nuances with the money and different preps, the multiple preps that we often are expected to teach, we also get a lot of people from industry and they need teachers like you who have been in the classroom, who are experiencing some of these things to help guide them along the way. Too often, we are being given mentors. I know personally, I had an English teaching mentor and I had a math teacher. And while they were great and they were wonderful at what they did, they didn't totally understand what I did and what I needed to do as a CTE teacher. There is my little plug for any sort of mentor coaches when it comes to you being CTE. And that could be that you're abroad 
with CTE because there are a lot of overlaps or if you really zoom in or hone in and you are like your FCS, your family consumer science specialist, and you know all those content areas, I will also say this as well. As an administrator, they have no idea what all content areas are. When those administrators go into those classes and they are doing evaluations, they are making huge assumptions at the secondary level that whatever is being taught is at grade level. More likely than not, they're looking at student engagement and whether or not the teacher is prepared, but it really takes someone who is specialized and knowledgeable in those content areas to be able to help and support teachers in CTE and I guess secondary as a whole. This leads me into my next one, which is an instructional coach. Now this typically is less of a teaching position, but it just depends on where you are located and what is happening in your school. Around here, we typically have instructional coaches at the elementary level. And then I'm working right now as an instructional coach at the district. And so I'm not in a school which does have its challenges, but at the same time, I do have a little bit more flexibility in that I am responsible for my own job and whether or not I get things done. And if I have a call from the school because I have a sick kid, or I also could have daycare call for the same reason, I can drop things and go and pick them up. It is a lot easier doing that than having to get a substitute or finding someone in the middle of the class period to cover the remainder of my class period so that I could go and pick up said sick child. Now this last position I decided to save for last because I feel like it's always being told to us or I don't know if it is being told to us or if it's just something that we always think that the way to the top, the way to really lean in is you have to go into administration, which I don't really think is the case. I've tried to list some other things that you can do that will help you be a leader that could also take some responsibilities not necessarily off your plate, but shift your responsibilities. And maybe some of the things that are causing you a lot of stress right now may not be causing you in a different position, being looking at things a different way as an instructional coach, as a mentor, and not having as many students and as many of those types of things that tend to bog us down. But I do want to throw it out there. The other option, or I guess another option, is the administration track. Now there are some things that you can do as an administrator that are very similar to being a mentor, a coach, but there are also the evaluative parts of it. When I went into administration, what I did love and what drew me into administration was the instructional coaching part. And so there are more decisions that can be made as an administrator versus an instructional coach, but you really might not need that administrative position. And there are some things that maybe aren't as flexible as being in these other positions. I just kind of wanted to throw it out for this episode, just to give you some ideas of some other things that you might find value in that might light you up that 
are within the career path of education and still supporting specifically students in schools, but then also teachers in schools questions or anything that you want me to dive into a little bit deeper when it comes to these careers and these career paths, make sure that you hit me up on Instagram. That is where I hang out the most at Kristen Masick, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. And if this is something that resonated with you or that you feel would resonate with a teacher friend, be sure to share it with them. And if you feel so inclined, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me as well. Until next week.